Luke chapter, sorry, man, I'm looking at the verse, Luke 17, 11. Forgive me for that. We dealt with the similarities that these 10 lepers had uh, last week and how there's such cultural pressure to focus on what makes us different, but the things that matter most are the things that we have in common. We're all desperately ill with the disease called sin, and there is a Savior that loves each and every one of us, and those two similarities matter, matter more than all the things that we may not have in common, and we need to keep our focus upon that, but then we're going to look, tonight we're going to look at the response from these 10 lepers after they received the healing from the Lord. So Luke 17, back in verse number 11, And it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him 10 men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, Have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, referring to Jesus, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save the stranger. And he said unto him, arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. So dealing with the thought of Faith and gratitude. Father, it has been good to be together just to hear the testimonies, Lord. And from the youngest child all the way up, God, we're thankful for your blessings. And in unique times, it's amazing to see just how capable you are of giving to us what we need and when we need it. And we've heard examples of that from several different folks, and we're grateful for your goodness, Father, and and while we are thankful for people, ultimately, God, our praise goes to you, and so thank you for being such a good and a faithful God, and now, Lord, as we look at a familiar passage and one that we maybe would expect to be dealt with during this time of year, Father, help us to tune in and to be reminded of the truth that's here. So I pray that you'd help in that, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thanks so much for standing. I've mentioned to you that my mom's dad, my grandfather, uh, lived with us from shortly after I was born until he passed away when I was 12. And we called him Pop. I love Pop. And uh, just loved the way that I got to sit on his bed with him, and he would tell me stories. He'd hang out with us. I was just thankful for him. But if I'm being transparent, one of my favorite things about him at the time was all the stuff he would buy me. And, you know, there were, there were, there were extenuating circumstances um, that how he came back into our lives. And I'm just thankful for the work of the gospel in my mom's life 
to help her pursue a relationship with people that had failed her when she was growing up. And Pop was one of them. And then when he was at one of the lowest points of his life, my mom and dad uh, brought him into our home and just saw the Lord do a great work in his life. And, and he, just, he just wanted to lavish on me, my brother, and my sister. And obviously it wasn't deserved, but I sure did enjoy it. And, uh, and I've told you this before. It's one of, my favorite, one of my favorite Christmas stories. He got my list uh, back in the day when they had the pirate Legos. Mm, this is good days back then. They had the pirate Legos. There was this ginormous ship set that I wanted. Well, he decided to take me shopping the two days before Christmas. I'm like, hey, I need that one too. Cha-ching, buddy. I mean, I got it. Hallelujah. Just love getting good. And I had, I had confidence. I tell Pop what I want. I'm going to get it. <laughs> In spite of what my mom and dad are saying, no, I'm going to get it. Because Pop, he loves me. Uh, I was happy to get from him. And I didn't, I didn't understand this as a child. You learn it over time. But being happy to receive from a person is not the same as being grateful for that person. Being happy to receive from my pop is not the same as being grateful for pop. We understand from this text that there are different levels of faith. First of all, we notice that there is the faith that focuses on receiving. This is the kind of faith that recognizes a need, that understands that I don't have the ability to meet that need, but has faith that God can meet that need. It says in verse number 12, as he entered into a village, there met him 10 men that were lepers, which stood afar off. These were men that understood, I have a desperate need, and and I don't have the ability to make it well, And my death sentence is sure and lonely, and no one else can help me. I have a need that is impossible for me to meet. But we've heard about this Jesus. We've heard that he has healed, that he can make the blind to see, that he can make the dumb to talk, that he can make the lame to walk, that he can raise to life those that have died, that he can even, he's even healed other lepers. We've heard about all of these things. All of these diseases that have afflicted people, this Jesus Christ, we have heard of him, that he is able to restore people back to health at the same level or even better than before they were sick. And so you have this faith that recognizes, I have a need that I can't meet. In Jesus Christ, God has the ability to do what it is that I need. And so when Jesus tells them, after they've come to him and they've, they've cried out with a loud voice and it's obvious that they believe him. They're not worried about what anybody else thinks in verse 13. They lift up their voices and I, and I said it loudly with a measure of desperation and I'm sure that they were even louder and more desperate when they cried out. There was no concern about what anybody else was thinking. They weren't worried about what anybody was going to say on Facebook or Twitter or what their neighbors were going to be thinking or what the people on the other side of the church were going to be thinking. They were desperately wanting God to pay attention to them. And this man, Jesus, though they didn't understand everything about him, they realized he has an ability that we are so in need of. And they wanted him to meet that need. And so they cried out to him without reservation. Jesus, have mercy on us. 
And so Jesus tells them, simply, go show yourselves to the priest. And, and look at how quickly they respond. And it came to pass that as they went. Now, think about this. Honestly, what do you have to lose if you're them? You have a disease that's incurable. You have no hope but a certain slow, lonely death. And yet you've heard that this one they call Jesus has healed and can heal disease and many other conditions. I'd say you're crazy if you don't obey and see what he can do. Honestly, what do you have to lose? This is a faith that is focused on receiving, that, recognize, I, that recognizes I have a need that I cannot meet. I am incapable. I am limited by my ability, by my resources, by my opportunity. I am limited, but you can provide. You can do for me what I cannot do for myself. And if you tell me the way to receive that need is to simply stop where I'm at and go show myself to the priest, then I am willing to believe you and to do that and to trust that you can heal me however you want to. And I'm thankful that Jesus could heal however he wanted to. Sometimes he wanted to spit in the dirt and rub it on somebody's eyes. Sometimes he wanted to touch the leper. Sometimes he spoke it away. Sometimes he just says, hey, go do this like he does here. It was 100% effective every time because he's God. Now, please do not misunderstand. It's not wrong to have this kind of faith. That's how you got saved. (laughs) You recognize I have a need that I can't deal with. Nobody gets saved if they don't truly understand that they are lost and are sinners guilty before God. It's not just, hey, come be my buddy and give me this. You recognize, I, I, whether you're four years old like I was, or you're 50, whether you've not ever lived a life in, in the depths of sin, or you bear the scars of many years of sin, whatever it is, you recognize I'm a sinner, and the only way for me to be reconciled to God is through faith in Jesus Christ. You recognize that need, and you turn to Jesus. You believe in him alone, that he is the only way for salvation, and you believe in him because you want to receive that from him. And it's good. And you don't have to do anything to receive it. Just, just believe it. That's what he, he commands. The Philippian jailer, what, do I, what must I do? To be saved. You understand? It's not about what you do. It's about what he's done. It's about who he is. And so believe in him. And he just gives it to you. Hallelujah. Mm. You don't seem excited that Jesus made it easy to get saved. He did. Now, it's not wrong to have this level of faith. That's how we get saved. But the problem is when we stop at this level of faith. You see, the, the problem is... That once, if, if our faith, if our level of faith stops at just receiving, then once the need is met, there's no need for Jesus anymore. Say, so, come on, that wouldn't happen. Well, it actually did. Jesus asked this question in verse number 18, or 17 and 18. Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. As soon as they got what they wanted, nine of them, they're out. But there was another level of faith that was demonstrated here. 
It's not just the level of faith that is willing to receive, but it's a level of faith that takes you to a place where you're responsive to the one from whom you have received. It's not, it's not satisfied with getting blessed. Now, now, don't misunderstand this. Again, the one that returned was just as desperate to receive from Jesus as the other nine were. He cried just as loud. Notice the text doesn't distinguish between the volume level and the desperation level, the level of earnestness between the nine and the one, between the nine that didn't return and the one that did return. There's no distinction made there. It's not that he was any more spiritual in in that he he wasn't crying out as loud. No, he he was as hungry to receive from the Lord. But he, but he understood this. He understood that I, I, after I've received from him, I want more than just what he's given to me. I want, a re, I, I want to grow in a relationship with him. I want to come before him. I want to know him. It's a responsiveness that doesn't settle for receiving, but it wants the presence of the Savior. It wants fellowship with the Savior. It understands that I am so indebted to you for what you've done to me that I want to come and be at your feet, and I want to know you, and I want to belong to you. And surely if you could do all this for me, then you are, you are worth having. You are worth knowing. One of, the, one of the problems of modern Christianity is this. That, that there's a faith to receive from without a faith to respond to. Let me say it this way. There are a whole, lot of, a whole lot of people who profess faith in God that they desire getting from God more than they desire knowing God. Here's, here's some two characteristics of receiving faith without responding faith. You understand Faith to receive, but once I got what I need, I'm out. Number one, the effort to have far exceeds the effort to thank. Look at verse 13. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, have mercy on us. I'm, I, I will cry as loud as I need to cry. If it means that I can go back home to my wife and kids. If it means I can go back to the people that I care about. If it means that I can have hope. I'll cry as loud as I need to cry. You remember how desperate your heart was when you, when you understood who Jesus was and you called on? Do you remember that? No, even as a child, I remember the helplessness. The awareness of what I am. And, and I couldn't articulate it. But I remember how desperate I felt, and, and I needed, I needed to be saved. And just going to my mom and, and expressing in, in the, the words of a small child, I don't want this judgment that is on those who don't know Jesus Christ. And there is a desperate need. Think back to things that you've so desperately wanted God to do for you. You get saved. Have you ever hurt and prayed for God to restore? Have you suffered loss and prayed for God to renew you? 
Have you been faced with danger? Have you been faced with grief? Have you been faced with opportunity or faced with huge decisions and you, you don't want, know what to do? And you remember those times when as a couple you've poured out your hearts to God. You remember those times when you were afraid and you called out to God when others were sleeping. Do you, do you remember those times when you were desperately wanting God to intervene? You didn't care what anybody thought. You just called out on him. You came to this altar and you wept. You got in your home and you poured out your heart to him and asked him, please, God, would you help us? And then according to his wisdom, according to his goodness, and depending on what his purpose is in situations, some people, and we all in one situation or another, maybe not everything we've wanted, but we know what it's like for God to answer those prayers. And yet, the effort to thank him is very, very small compared to the effort to ask him. Okay, look at verse number 15. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed. Jesus asked, where's everybody else? Look, 10 of you got this. Where's everybody else? It's like a kid. Oh, please. I need this in my life. I need these shoes. I need that phone. Which, by the way, your kids don't. I need this candy bar. Please. Uh, my, my kids right now, man, I love sweet tea. I was going to park it right there for a minute. I love sweet tea. Brother Z, if you just decided to ever put some of my wife's sweet tea in this, I'd be all right. Some other, I know some other ladies can make some sweet tea. Just drop it right in there. I love sweet tea. My kids come up to me right before bed. Hey, Daddy, can we have some sweet tea? What's wrong with you? Wife's going to be cleaning up messes for days. I'll give you sweet tea right now. Okay, sorry. Anyway. <laughs> but every now and then, I'm like, sure, sure. Here you go. Like, and they're out. I'm like, Whoa. Get back here. Like, desperate. As soon as they get it, they're gone. How many, how many times does our, fla- our faith fluctuate and our excitement about God fluctuate? When we need him, oh God. But then when we're comfortable... Yeah, it's been a week or two since I read my Bible, but, you know. Uh, you know, I, yeah, we, we, we try to pray. I don't know, church is kind of in and out. I, I understand it's a Tuesday, Wednesday night. But even in attending, sometimes our intensity and our focus can fluctuate, can't it? We, we desperately want to have, but then when it comes to being grateful... We're missing in action. Number two, we're desperate when we have a need, but we're indifferent towards the one who meets the need after it's been met. I I understand that it sounds the same. There's a part that's just expressing gratitude, but then there's another part that wants a relationship. And 
we should desire God not just because of the, the things we can look back and say that you've done this. That should be part of it. But we should want to love him and have an interaction with him. I think about how indifferent, how easy it is to be indifferent in marriage. You know, you, you get accustomed to each other after a while and you can take each other for granted, can't you? Oh, it, it sneaks in. Sometimes you don't even know it. And you, you benefit from one another, you benefit, you benefit, you benefit, but then one day you just stop appreciating this person. You stop appreciating, like the toenails Pastor Cook talked about. Man, that's some, and you better not be indifferent about that, brother. We, we show great desire for God when we want something. But there's so much indifference when we have what we want. Notice how Jesus evaluates them. Look at verse number verse number 17. Where, were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And the implication there is the, the others were Jews. This is a Samaritan, and the Jews claimed to know God better than anybody else. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And he points, he points out his faith because of how it was manifested in him returning to give thanks. And the Lord's point, part of the Lord's point there is this, that gratitude, your gratitude level is evidence of your faith level. The level of gratitude in your life is evidence of the level of faith. When there's a lack of gratitude, you know what it shows? A lack of faith. When there's an abundance of gratitude, it shows an abundance of faith. You know, the, I understand what the argument to this would be. There are things that I've cried out for that God hasn't given me. Have you been there? Cried out for something that the Lord just chose not to or has yet to choose to? Have you been there? Here's the thing about a loving father. He knows. No, no, he does know. And in any right-thinking parent or any right-thinking um, teacher concerned about a child, you don't give a child everything that they want. Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm thankful to have Brother Vi and Miss Rothner because they'll tell the kids no. And no. You're dumb. No, they won't say it exactly like Well, maybe they do. You say that to some of them anyway. No. Oh, you, you, need to, you need to be, sometimes this is, just isn't my plan. This isn't what you need. But, but a child of God understands that my, my perfect father, even when I don't have the things that I want, even when it's not going the way that I want, there is still reason to be grateful and I can still have gratitude and I can still be thankful to him. It's just like Paul and Silas, they would not have chosen the beating in the prison and, and being mistreated and taken advantage of like that. But their, their faith in God produced gratitude towards him. So let me give you three things to work on. Number one, work on desiring him. He, want, he wants you to ask him. He tells us. Aren't you thankful that he tells us to tell him what it is that we desire? You say, how long? Well, how long did the, 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 the widow 
in, in the parable, ask the unjust judge to avenge her of her adversary. Until he did. You say, I don't know if it'll happen. I don't know when or how. That's fine. You just keep asking until, like Paul, he's made it clear he's not going to do it. He tells you that. Otherwise, you just keep believing and trusting that he knows what's best. And you keep asking and you keep seeking him. But beyond that, desire him. Love him. And I, it, I'm, I'm sad that I didn't have the opportunity to reach this level of maturity. And, and I wish that I had. But I, I, I desired so much of Pop just, for, just because of the stuff he gave me. I wish that having developed some maturity, I had some time with him and I could let him know that I appreciate him because he's him. And I'm just thankful for him. And our gratitude to God shouldn't be based just on. Obviously, it can be affected by what he's done, but we should just desire him and love him. Love him not just, not just because of what he's done, but just love him because he is love and he's so good. Number two, let me throw in a parenting application. You need to demand gratitude from your children. Oh, I want to be harsh, but the generations are increasingly ungrateful. The expectation continues to rise and the gratitude continues to decline. You say, man, these ungrateful kids, where well, I can tell you where that failure is. I just had the privilege of writing a parenting article and made the statement in that article, kids are not any more wicked today than they were at any other point. And the problem with ungrateful children are parents who won't demand gratitude from them. And I'm not just talking about saying thank you. I'm talking about it showing up in their spirit. And you, you know, you, you know, you can tell when your children are just doing it to get it done or they're really working at being appreciative. And you, you parents, you cannot cave on this. You cannot, you cannot teach your children by neglect that they're only to be thankful when they get what they want. They need to be thankful that you tell them no. No, we really, we really do practice this in the pile house. Ask me for something. Like, oh, really? Because they, they know what I'm going to say. <laughs> no. Tell me thank you. Thank you, Dad, for not letting me have what I want. You know what they need to learn? That I love them. And so I tell them no sometimes because I love them. You need to demand gratitude from your children. And, and allowing a lack of gratitude as children will produce adults who have a really hard time being thankful down the road. Last thing, develop a habit of gratitude in your own life. Every day you have reason to thank God. I've got this wrong. I've been hurt by this. This has been a terrible year. I've suffered this loss, all of those things. And I'm not minimizing a single one of those things. But regardless of how up or down this year or the last few years or your life has been, if you have breath, you have reason to thank God. And if you will take the time to look, you can see his blessing in your life somewhere. Be good for God's people every day, Lord. 
thank you for this. Oh, man, brothers and sisters, we ought never get bored with being saved. Mm, It's just good. It's good to be a child of God, and it's worth celebrating every day that Jesus loves me this much. Thank God every day. Number two, whenever you receive something that you've asked for, learn to thank God for it. If you pray for something, whether it seems to be small or big, if he does it, thank him for it. When you're waiting on it, learn to thank him that he knows best. And then can, can we work at being thankful to others as well? It's, it's becoming a lost habit, a lost awareness that you just say thank you to people. That you treat them with courtesy. That you recognize that I'm not better than anyone else. And in small things and in big things. I want to have gratitude. And I want, I want to be appreciative of. And I want to be able to express that. Develop a habit, a habit of gratitude. And back to the parenting thing for just a moment. A lot of parents lose their kids in many areas. Because they demand something from them that they're not doing themselves. If you're going to demand gratitude, you better be demonstrating it as well. What are you talking about? Husbands, you complain about what your wife does. Wives, you don't show gratitude towards your husband. Your kids are going to pick up on that. They do. And what you demonstrate can affect them far more than what you demand. Here's the statement. Have faith to respond to him, not just receive from him. We all need to receive. I do. Every day. So we go through those seasons when we really need to receive, don't we? But have faith every, every time. Let it go to another level where you love him. You're not just, okay, I got what I need. Now I'm, I'm out. I'll visit you again the next time I need something. But you get to that place to where you come to him because you love him and you want him. Let's, let's do this. Just gonna, I want to do this differently tonight. We're not going to have a song. Um. I just want some, just make it as long as you want. I'm, I'm not worried about that. I just want some family prayer time. And what I mean by this, I just, I want families to pray together. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have my kids go ahead and just come right over here with me for a minute. And you don't even have to, it doesn't have to be long. But kids, find your parents. You say, I'm single and somebody else can Find somebody else to pray with, hallelujah, and you can do that. I'm thankful that we have a relationship with each other through Jesus Christ. You are my brothers and sisters, and we have a good father. So if you just want to sit in your seat, you want to come to the altar, let's just have a moment where we just get down and we just say, God, thanks for being good to us. I'm blessed to have them. We're blessed to have you. Most of all, we're blessed to have him, so many other things. So let's just spend some time praying, and uh, I'll wait. And then after that, uh, we'll sing a song and go home and get ready for some food. Amen.